0: Hi friends, this is Will Parker. Before I jump into this week's episode, I just want to tell you happy holidays and Merry Christmas for those of you who are listening to this at the time of its recording. This week and next, I'm going to share a two-part series and a conversation with Brad Gustafson, and I'm so excited as he shares great takeaways from his new book, The Six Literacy Levers. As you are stepping into the holidays, I just want to wish you Time to rejuvenate and to recharge and to reconnect with the people who are the most meaningful to you in your lives. And I want to thank you for your continuous service through the challenging times that all school leaders have faced this past year. Thanks for the work that you do each day. If there's any way that I can provide resources, input, feedback, or collaboration with you, don't hesitate to reach out. You can find all my resources at my website at williamdparker.com. You can reach out to me by email at will at williamdparker.com. If you're already thinking about professional learning for January and in the spring and in the summer and for next school year, please keep in mind if you're looking for PD on educator self-care, I have lots of content through my book, Pause, Breathe, Flourish. Also, if you're looking for professional learning specifically for school leaders, I share lots of content through my works and books, Principal Matters, as well as the work that I've done through Messaging Matters on how to think through the hats of leadership, the tools, strategies, techniques, and resources that school leaders can use in the way that they serve their schools. Please stay connected. I'm so excited to share this episode with you this week. And thanks again for doing What Matters. Principal Matters Podcast, episode 274. Hi, friends. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the School Leaders Podcast, where each week we bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, we're talking about six literacy levers with Brad Gustafson, Dr. Millet. Brad Brad Gustafson is an award-winning principal, best-selling author, speaker, and avid reader. He understands the critical role that leaders play in creating the conditions where everyone in a school can be successful. His newest book, The Six Literacy Levers, is a practitioner-friendly guide to leading a culture of reading from anywhere in your school or organization. He's also the author of Reclaiming Our Calling and Renegade Leadership. All of his books are built on the belief that everything we do starts with relationships and connectedness. Brad also co-hosts a weekly web series called Read This Now, where he talks about literacy and shares book recommendations with fellow literacy leaders. And he has served on the Scholastic Principal Advisory Board and been a national advisor for future ready schools for several years. He's also been named the Minnesota Principal of the Year in 2016, and his school has been recognized at the local, state, and national levels. Brad Gustafson. Welcome to Principal Matters Podcast. Feel free to fill in the gaps on that introduction. And why don't you tell listeners something else they may be surprised to know about you?
1: Sure. Well, first of all, Will, you say my last name better than I say my last name. So I am impressed thoroughly. And, you know, in addition to serving as a school leader, you know, currently being a principal and loving that and also realizing how hard that is right now, I love to fish with my family and spend time on the lake. We recently bought some snowmobiles. And uh, for the first time in my life, I think I'm looking forward to winter and snow and all those things. And in the summer, like there's just stuff to do every, every season. And our family is trying to just kind of lean into that. So being from Minnesota there, we get lots of variety in the seasons.
0: Well, as we step into the Christmas holidays at the time of this recording, Brad, you messaged me just a couple of days ago when we were planning to jump into this conversation. You had to quickly reschedule because you had a snowstorm coming your way. So how are you guys doing? And are you back in school?
1: We're doing great. We don't actually get a lot of early releases. You know, we see it coming and can kind of plan accordingly. But to have to have to send kids home early is it was a rarity. And it was the first time we had done that this year, too. So we are good now. The snow is melting. And here we are. Well,
0: Well, I have to admit, even though I know some people dread snow, I am jealous because in our part of the states here in Oklahoma, we've had a lot of sun and very no snow so far this season. But I know that if I lived where there was snow all the time, I'd probably be dreaming of the sunny weather that we're having. Well, Brad, I am so excited to talk to you about your new book, The Six Literacy Levers. And so let's give readers an opportunity to hear a little bit about why you wrote this book. Um, why it's such a passion for you. And then we'll talk a little bit about an overview of what readers can expect to find.
1: Thanks, Will. So here's the interesting thing. And this this is kind of cool, Will, because it's the first, you know, quote unquote, real conversation I've had since the book came out. Like this is all fresh. So I may say this, this is unscripted, Will. It's raw. I'm going to probably call you back later and be like, oh my gosh, Will, I can't believe I just said that. But But here we go. Let's just lean into it. One of the reasons I wrote the book is because I was aware of the leader th- that I was and I was doing the best that I could as a principal but after a period of time I think I realized it it wasn't enough or I needed to look at things differently so part of the book actually chronicles in one way shape or form like some of some of my own learning and missteps and how those actually impacted the readers in our in our school and now I'm in the role where because of that learning and learning the hard way, I don't just get to be able to tell people, like, here's something we should be thinking about as leaders, but like, here's why we should be thinking about that. And what didn't go so well when I did it before. So that, well, that was actually, and, and I don't say that lightly, when we are leading problematic practices or when we're not aware they're happening, or we're not even aware what type of questions we should be asking to be able to discover if, if these things are happening. There you go like things don't go as well as they should for readers. So for all of those reasons and more, Will, I leaned into this book as a labor of love and am so happy to be able to share it with everyone.
0: Well, one of the things I loved about your introduction, Brad, was the story that you tell, you're setting that, that so many leaders have experienced. And I'm from the secondary level and you're from the elementary level. So I know we've experienced these things in different ways, but I know especially at the level you lead, You've been in those meetings where you're sitting across from a parent, they're desperate for answers, you're scanning the faces around the table looking for that literacy expert, and then it dawns on you as a leader, what's the responsibility that I play here in helping this parent's child learn to read? So unpack that story a little bit more for us and how that's been a motivating factor for the mission and calling that you have.
1: Yeah, thanks work. for asking about that. So each of the stories actually starts out, or each of the chapters, I'm sorry, starts out with a continued, I call it a leadership fable. So it grounds what the book talks about in real tangible terms in a story. And so the as it kicks off in the introduction, it's a meeting, probably not unlike many of us have, have maybe had or could conceivably have in the future where a parent is realizing like, my, my kiddo is not reading, uh, either can't read, or won't read, and which both are a problem, right, and that, like, probably years ago, my inclination would have been to look to the person on my left or scan the room, scan the meeting for our literacy experts or the homeroom teacher or whoever it is, and, like, the realization now, Will, is, like, we are part of the solution. Like, uh, literacy leadership is not reserved for someone with a certain title. Kids deserve many literacy leaders in their school and that's actually how we can make the biggest difference it's not just the person with the reading degree or the intervention person or the the reading language arts department when we are all dialed into this what i've come to learn is kids will be more successful overall as whole and complete people cuz when readers succeed they're actually able to do more in different areas of their life so the the short introductory story tries to capture like with a with a purpose, one of the pain points and put it right on who we're serving and and why it matters.
0: Let's stay there for just a few minutes because in another thing I really appreciate about your book is not just the introductory stories, but also the images that you create in your chapters in order to help learning be sticky. And so I'm just gonna read the chapter titles because these are your six levers, but then I would love for you to just take a few minutes and unpack them. And obviously readers, I would love to see you grab a copy of Brad's book for a deep dive. But Brad, if you could give us just a a little bit of feedback on what these topics mean. So chapter one, you call the compass, chapter two, the invitation, chapter three, the walking stick, chapter four, the utility knife, chapter five, the catapult, and chapter six, the collage. Those are just what great chapter headings, but let's back up now and and help readers understand why you chose some of those chapters and how they might help them think about their leadership and literacy.
1: Yeah, so basically each of those metaphors, the intent was to have it be sticky so that leaders who are leaning into this work can actually remember it and carry it. Because I kind of wrote the book, for myself in the sense that I know I want to read things that matter. I need them to be actionable and memorable. And if it's just a heavy dose of research and theory and things I should be thinking about, I can remember parts of that, but some of it fades when there are sticky stories attached. And and like, for example, the walking stick, I picture a a hiker with like a a natural stick. And as the leadership fable um, unwinds, there are some questions that are etched into that stick. So now my mind goes a little bit to Yoda, like, so what are the questions on the stick? What should I be asking? Because these are all things I needed, I wish I would have known years ago well, but but that's like how to bring this stuff alive and how to help people, no matter what their role, whether they're the, the quote unquote head of a school, um, assistant principal, district level leadership, or even lead from the classroom, The we can all carry a walking stick. We can all ask, Better questions and kind of put certain questions on our radar to ask. And the cool thing about the book is through a process of research and talking to leading practitioners in the field and school leaders, like I suggest, I give people some starting point questions because I know I needed those. But also, your kids and the readers you serve probably will need you to be asking questions that are nuanced and different and for them and there's room for that on the the walking stick as well so in a nutshell that's kind of how it's packaged it kicks off with the metaphor and it's introduced in hopefully a way that's not super cliche like oh here's a here's a clip art of a compass it's not like that at all it's more subtle and like the characters in this opening fable like are walking across a coffee shop floor and there's a tile inlay with a with a compass and then something happens with the compass that's interactive in the the story but it's intended to make it where long after you read that book you think about the people the emotions the connections what they needed what they were feeling and then the definitions that i shared to help kind of start a school-wide or strengthen a school-wide understanding conversation uh, that they're grounded in story and research and then heavy on the examples and the how-to and the ideas to to implement but it all flows through those metaphors
0: well, I could completely nerd out on why I love the way that you're writing because you know that engaged readers are engaged learners. So you're actually modeling exactly the kind of engagement you want teachers to be having with their students. You want students to have with their learning and you want your readers to have with the content that you're sharing with them too. So bravo on that, Brad. Let's stop for a moment and talk about the story of your school because as you've been working through these practices as a leader and now as an author, to capture these ideas and these lessons. How have you seen that? Um, how have you seen that in your practice within your school, some of the challenges you guys have faced, but also some of the lessons and celebrations that you've experienced?
1: Yeah. So I work in a real actual school with real actual kids who some of them love reading. Some of them have been burned and and don't like the strings that we've attached to reading. Some of them haven't, you know, fallen in love with it yet. And, and everywhere in between some of them are highly proficient at reading but choose not to so we have this um collage of readers and people who are supporting our readers come together in this space and then the question becomes like how are we supporting them what are we creating together uh, together and not just through pockets of excellence but what what do we want what beliefs do we want to be part of like the air the water so like here's how this came together and part of even the inspiration for parts of the book part of the book i do a riff on reading logs and as a parent of three kids i have firsthand experience how reading logs almost decimated our family or at the very least threatened the integrity of our family because we were tempted with forgery and training our eldest daughter to sign off on our son's reading log things i never imagined that i would ever do will but but long story short, we knew our son was reading, but we just there were these hoops that his school was requiring him to jump through. So that personal experience, uh, commingling with some work that some grade level teams were doing, like they were struggling. They wanted our kids to have authentic literacy experiences, so they were pushing themselves in PLC meetings, and I was you know showing up at as a supporter initially just really enthralled and appreciative that they were leaning into this and wrestling with it and not just accepting a practice that we've always done um so just watching some things they came up with so some teachers and this is this is part of like the example heavy the examples from the book like coming up with these uh legacy boards where they have kids save digital images of their book and they print them on paper at the end of the year and you know deck i don't know what the term is will decoupage or they glue them to wood and it turns out to be this amazing keepsake that has you know a picture of the kiddo and whatever grade they're in on one side of the board reading and then on the back a, like a list of all the books they read in fourth grade or whatever grade they're in and some of the community-based stuff our teams were doing instead of reading logs and the impact and how kids were responding to them like i got to see that and then I started catching up and realizing that I am not just a cheerleader in this school, right? I could, that's not that's not my job. I need to be a learner. I need to help build capacity. I need to be able to ask questions and that's what I started doing too. So it's just become this really cool partnership where teachers are are crushing it, but now I'm carrying my own learning weight and my leadership weight and I'm able to complement some of our PLC conversations with tools like also from the book like uh, talking about a compass so it's this isn't just a conversation that one team or one teacher is having but that we're all asking how our practices are, are impacting readers and maybe how we might be how we maybe should be thinking about things differently at least for some of the readers that we serve.
0: I. For Principal Matters listeners, I had my my mic muted when you were talking about riffing on those reading logs because I was laughing out loud. And I, cause I just have to say that as a secondary guy, I've always like watched my elementary friends wrestle with this literacy log dilemma. And so let's stay there for just a moment, Brad, yeah. because I know we have listeners right now who are in schools that are maybe having that battle, or maybe they need to have that battle. What, what advice would you give to leaders who maybe? needing to step into a conversation that might be uncomfortable for some folks that are holding on to the the, the reading log battle.
1: Yeah, well, sometimes people hold on to the best thing that they can, right? Uh, or just aren't aware of other options. But as a leader, that would be where I would say holding on to a walking stick, where you're showing up to conversations with curiosity, and kind of having a base level of knowing what to ask initially how to start those conversations in a way that's not accusatory or breaking relationships but that's empowering your team to create a culture that actually asks questions about the impact of practice because we know the intent of of teachers and and leaders we want to do good things we want to make a difference for kids and we can name why we think reading logs might be helpful like one reason that i hear often is it's an accountability tool. It's like we know it's not great, but it's one way that we can see supposedly what kids are reading or remind them that they're supposed to, even if they're maybe forging forging the stuff at home. But by asking questions and then going deeper into those conversations. So first, Will, to directly answer your question, we need to initiate the conversations and know how to. And then we need to go deeper through listening and then a reciprocal dialogue to get to a point where everyone understands, like, you know. Just because we've always done this or we've been doing it a long time, doesn't mean we have to do it tomorrow. And then there are some alternatives, but before we even get to the alternatives, developing like a shared understanding of why alternatives might be helpful. Or at the very, you know, a couple other supporting facts, research around reading logs and why they can be so harmful and problematic for for some kids from an equity standpoint, uh, an access standpoint, But also, if you have to do reading logs, there are some things you can do to salvage them a little bit, like making them optional. That's just one thing. Or having them be a little more constructive for parents so it's not a compliance tool, but maybe it's a conversation starter. Now, I'm not advocating that you try to salvage reading logs. I actually think that we can do a lot better. But as leaders in a school, if we're not comfortable starting those conversations with curiosity again, not as a gotcha or I know better, but just like to lean into it, that then like what what are we doing? because will reading as I've come to learn is one of the main things. you know, I used to be able to identify ten things and probably technology and innovation was near the top along with student safety and social emotional learning. but I'm starting to also recognize that reading is one of the main things, no matter what department or grade level you're leading if if you don't lead if if we're not leading in that manner and understanding what to ask and building partnerships that, deepen and strengthen the community of readers in our school through everything we do. We really are doing a disservice to our whole community and to individual readers.
0: Well, there's so much wisdom in what you just said, Brad. And so principal managers, listeners, this is one of those points in in the episode where I would say, if you're listening in a drive or you're sitting at your office or you're in a place where you can pause and like replay, do that. Because Brad unpacked so many things and just that explanation that are important about listening, staying curious, being a learner yourself, and also creating the atmosphere where people can have conversations about what's working and what's not. And Brad, the word that I, that, that stood out to me the most in what you were saying was authentic. Is authentic reading actually happening? And you're right. You know, teachers who can use reading logs, and authentic reading is still happening. And you know teachers who are using reading logs, and authentic reading is not happening. And so often, it's not necessarily the tool as much as it is understanding the practice and making sure that what we want to see happening with students is, is actually happening. I've told this story in other settings before, but I remember when my son, youngest son was in fourth grade, and we had gone to the parent meeting the night, the week before school started, and his, his teacher had been Um, named a teacher of the year and the year before he had a great reputation for being a strong instructor. And he had gone over a summary of what to expect in the school year. And a parent raised her hand at the end of that introduction and said, I didn't hear you say anything about reading logs. And so I just paused and waited. And he said something that was so amazing. He said, you know, I have a position on reading logs that some people may not agree with because I don't use them. But I will say this, I also have a reputation for students falling in love with reading in my classes, sometimes more than they ever have before. So give me a few weeks and I think you're going to discover your student reading more than he or she has read ever before, because my goal is to help connect their curiosities and their passions with something that's written so that they can become avid readers. And it was true. I saw that in my own son, that his increased love for learning and no reading logs. And so sometimes I think we get so hung up on the tool that we forget about the outcome. And so thanks so much for saying, anything else you wanna to add to that Brad? Yeah, I would love to
1: Will. So the interesting thing that a lot of leaders, well myself, but I th- I don't think I'm alone in this. We just wonder, well, how do I influence that? How, A, how do I become aware that that needs to be something like, where do I start talking about that? And then what do I do when I'm in that meeting or in that space? And, and then how do we move forward? And again, the walking stick, I know I'm kind of focusing on that because it's such a versatile metaphor and tool from the book, but it applies, like if one of our questions that we consistently ask to the point, Will, where like, if I'm known for asking, how might we make this practice more authentic to the readers we serve? If I ask that on the regular, there will come a point in, in the year or over time where people will start asking it, even when I'm not in the room, and I'll be increasing capacity just through the walking stick that I faithfully held for a while.
0: Well, Principal Matters listeners, I hope that you are finding as much value in that conversation as I did talking to Brad Gustafson. And I'm so excited to share part two of that conversation with you next week when Brad goes even deeper into what are some of the walking stick questions that he asks? How is he identifying authentic learning how is he serving every each and every reader in his school and he shares both his struggles some of the failures as well as some of the successes that his school has experienced too but as you step again into the holidays at the time of the listening of this recording I just want to wish you the best thanks again for doing what matters and we'll talk to you again soon you can find other free resources like this one at my website at williamdparker.com